0: Open your eyes, open your ears, and open your heart to these words that come from the 20th chapter of Matthew, beginning with the first verse. God's kingdom is like an estate manager who went out early in the morning to hire workers for the vineyard. They agreed on a wage of a dollar a day and went to work. Later, about 9 o'clock, the manager saw some others hanging around the town square, unemployed. And the manager told them to go to work in his vineyard, and he would pay them a fair wage. And they went. He did the same thing at noon and again at 3 o'clock. At 5 o'clock, he went back and found still others standing around. And he said, why are you standing around all day doing nothing? And they said, because no one has hired us. And he told them to go work in the vineyard. When the day's work was over, the owner of the vineyard instructed the foreman, call the workers in and pay them their wages. Start with the last hired and go to the first. Those hired at 5 o'clock came up and each were given a dollar. When those who were hired first saw that, they assumed know the meaning of that word, assumed that they would get far more. But they got the same. Each one of them a dollar. Taking the dollar, they groused angrily to the manager. These last workers put in only an easy hour. And you just made them an equal to us who slaved all day under the scorching sun. And the Vineyard owners replied, speaking for the rest, Friend, I haven't been unfair. We agreed on a wage of a dollar, didn't we? So take it and go. I decided to give to the one who came last the same as you. Can't I do what I want with my money? Are you going to get stingy because I am generous? And here it is again. The Great Reversal, many of the first, ending up last, and the last first. Hello. What was that in the chipmunk voice? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what that's about, apparently our our, uh, our communications guy, when he was putting uh, the message from last week up on YouTube, uh, decided to play with it a little bit, and he sped it up. <laughs> and I come out sounding like a chipmunk. <laughs> and I think what I actually said was "well, well, well," and it—the chipmunk translation is "ow, ow, ow." We are truly an international church. Even the chipmunks uh, have their own translation of these messages. So let me ask you a question. you've you've all heard this story before, and you've heard sermons around this story. So does somebody want to take a shot and tell me what this story is about? Why did Jesus tell this story? Now, see, they're either not saying anything because they think they're being set up. What? By your word. Okay, I'm going to write a sermon about that. I like that because that's think, that we that's a good interpretation. I think it's about grace and it's, it's grace to all and it, there's equal. No, there's no, uh, uh, I can't think of the word, but uh, there's no uh, intensity of grace or level of grace. God doesn't have favorites. No. Okay. Everyone is treated the same. Everybody's treated the same. On the same footing, same. Person. But that's unfair, isn't it? These guys worked all day in the scorching sun, right. and then these people that come along for an hour get the same wage. I can see the why they feel that way. Okay, I, mean, I would feel that way too. I, you know, like I thought it was a dollar an hour <laughs> or something like that. Well, yeah. First of all, none of us can relate to this. Yeah, a dollar a day. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody in this uh, in, the, in 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 our day that's relating to that. Uh, A matter of fact, we probably wouldn't have even started if uh, that's what we were being offered Well, when I was doing uh, research uh, on this and and trying to be, because I'll be honest with you folks This is a sermon that I always hear uh, right around the time in the fall When the churches are getting ready to do stewardship month (laughs) Amen This, This sermon is always preached about giving Okay and the way that it get kind of gets twisted around is, look, it doesn't matter how poor you are or how long you've been a member of the church, you could give. <laughs> uh, well. Amen? And, and that, that, that's what you ought to do. And I, I've also heard those sermons where the pastor, by the time he gets to the end of it, is saying, we ought to be thankful for what we get. Okay? So I come across this... Uh, theologian whom some of you may be familiar with. He's a fellow by the name of Paul Tillich. And he said this. This passage is really about recognizing that the time clock or human chronology don't have anything to do with this story. It is said that the Roman emperor Emperor Constantine waited until he was dying to be baptized, because he had so much sin to be forgiven for, he was afraid that he would sin again. So what he had forfeited was not his internal life, but a mature life. As faithful Christians, free of fear and able to contribute a full life to Christ's mission, to bring the world under the reign of God's love. In other words, We are all on equal footing with God and we have received God's forgiving grace. There can be no distinction between anyone. Because of our salvation by grace alone, we are acceptable to God. Only because God loves us and Christ died for us, there is no other reason. (laughs) You know, Paul, when he wrote in Romans, and later in Corinthians and then probably in Timothy, is always talking about grace. He's always talking about that work is not going to get you into heaven. Now, the one thing that you all might be kind of surprised that you didn't point out in this story was when Jesus started to tell the story was the first part of the story when he said, heaven is light. That sets this whole thing up. See, I know that most of us, we want to get into the whole, you know, we're, I mean, we're very we're very capitalistic. That's the way we've been raised. So we start thinking about wages, and it's like, well, damn, yeah, if I work a 12-hour day, I better be getting time and a half, amen? And anybody who comes in at the end, no. And, you know, and isn't that the way baseball and football and all of those salaries are, are set up, you know, by the one who produces the most? The one who makes the most money for the owner gets the most money. And those who haven't been there very long, well, they, they get a portion of that. But that was not what the story was about. Jesus set it up for us when he said, heaven is like. What is another translation of the phrase heaven is like? God is like. God is like the fellow who had some work to do, and he said to the folks that were around, I will give you this benefit if you do this work. And they said yes. And God goes wandering through time and finds a bunch of other folks a few hours later and says, hey, rather than standing around and doing nothing, I have some work for you to do. I will give you a benefit at the end of the day if you go do this work, <laughs> there's a really important message here, folks. Yes? Well, with what you've just said, it's, it, it's, it doesn't matter whether or not you've given a lifetime of service to God, but even if you give it in the last hour, it's still service to God. And it's all <coughs> equal. Amen. Now, yes. I, think, I, you know, think, I, I started this, didn't I? Okay. I wanted to just be, I'm just going to be real short. The prodigal son. Really okay. Knows, ties into that. The prodigal son. Yes, the story of the it prodigal does. son. It does. You're you're right on the money. Because what the prodigal son do? he took all of his blessings and blew it, right? And you've heard me preach that sermon. I love that sermon, by the way. It's a it's a really easy message to get into. But the bottom line was. That he screwed up and when he went back to say, hey, I screwed up. Probably the most important line in that whole verse is that, hey, the father isn't listening. He was calling for a party. Why? Because, as he ultimately put it in the story, this son of mine was lost and dead and now he's alive. The same message here. God is light. It does not matter your timing. Now, there are some people who are very cynical who will sit there and go, well, then that means you don't have to do anything with your life until the end, and then it's all going to be okay. Folks, you're looking at that from a very human point of view and missing the real, uh, the real gravitas of this passage. Because ultimately in the story, what did the vineyard master say to the ones who bitched? You, such such mean, you your service, and you've been, you've been compensated. We made an agreement, and I have not gone back on your agreement. Amen. And? I can be generous to who I want. Amen. And what does that, as we listen to this story, teach us? That God is incredibly generous no matter how much we screw up or how long it takes us to get the message. Folks, that is probably the most important piece of this entire story. It's not about money. It's not about time spent. It's about generosity. You can be as generous as the love that God has given you. Wow. Think about that for just a brief second. How different is the world if we're generous with our love. It means that we're not tweeting about people taking a knee during the national anthem, amen? amen. It means that when we see the homeless that we are actually trying to embrace a situation and make it better for them because they are part of our family. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Now I'm going to close with a great story. It involved two Jewish farmers or I'm sorry, it was a farmer and his two sons. And as soon as they were old enough to walk, he took them to the fields and taught them everything that he knew about growing crops and raising animals. When he got too old to work, the two boys took over the chores of the farm. And when the father died, they found themselves working together was so meaningful that they decided to keep the partnership. So each brother contributed what he could and during every harvest season, they would divide equally what they had corporately produced. Across the years, the elder brother, who never married, stayed an old bachelor. That's just another way of saying, never mind. The younger brother did marry and had eight wonderful children. Some years later, when they were having a wonderful harvest, the old bachelor brother thought to himself one night, You know, my brother has 10 mouths to feed. I only have one. He really needs more of this harvest than I do. But I know he is too much, he is much too fair to renegotiate the setup. I know what I'll do. In the dead of night, when he's already asleep, I'll take some of what I have put in my barn and I'll slip it into his barn and that way it'll help feed his children. Now, at the very time he was thinking down the line, the younger brother was thinking to himself, God has given me these wonderful children. My brother hasn't been so fortunate. He really needs more of this harvest for his old age than I do. But I know him. He's much too fair. He'll never renegotiate our deal. But I know what I'll do in the dead of night when he's asleep, I'll take some of what I've put in my barn and slip it over into his barn. And so one night when the moon was full, as you may have already anticipated, the two brothers come face to face with each other on a mission of what? Generosity. The old rabbi said that there wasn't a cloud in the sky, a gentle rain began to fall. And you know what it was? It was God weeping for joy because two of his children had gotten the point. Two of his children had come to realize that generosity is the deepest characteristic of holy and because we are made in God's image, our being generous is the secret to our joy as well. Life, my friends, is not fair because... It's rooted in grace. God bless you this morning.